Well, good morning. <laughs> good to see everyone. Uh, this is one of the most important Sundays in our church year, and so we're delighted that you're here this morning. Um, we're going to talk about life is better connected. Um, <laughs> it's on some of our shirts this morning. Um, let's start with a question. Have you done something weird, stupid, dumb <laughs> because you were alone? You don't need to raise your hand or say, uh-huh, yeah. Um, fortunately, for most of my life, I haven't been very alone. I got thinking about this. I commuted from home to go to college. I actually commuted to North Carolina for seminary. I was there for four days a week, home three days a week. And so I commuted there, um, came back home for a year or so, and then got married and moved in with my wife. And so I have been alone a lot during my, my lifetime. So... <clears throat> Probably up until, let's see, went to be missionaries in 1985, probably. By 1986, my wife and I had never been apart for more than three or four days up until then. So in uh, March of that year, our third child, Andrea, was, was born. So the grandparents want to see the new baby, right? And so my wife gets in a plane with Josh, who's about eight, Mike is about six, and this newborn, Andrea, is about a month old and travels to the States for a month, okay? So I'm in Portugal. My wife and kids have just left me for a month. And I've had some acquaintances, friends, other missionaries, and so forth, but I don't have a lot of real close friends at that point. The first week was good. I went with another missionary and two uh, Portuguese pastors to a pastor's conference in France. So it took us two days to drive there, two days to drive back the conference. So it's about a weekend. So I get, it's a Saturday, and I'm sitting in my empty apartment, and I'm thinking, three more weeks by myself. And so what I did, we lived close to Lisbon, so I drove downtown Lisbon. Movie theaters are all kind of in the same place. I said, I'll go watch a movie, kill a couple hours. And so that's what I did. Anyway, as I'm leaving the movie theater to walk to my car, I notice this lady, and she's going like this. I was smart enough to figure out what that was, and God protected me enough to, to, to run in the other direction. But we have all done some dumb, stupid, and sometimes even worse things because we were alone, right? So, <clears throat> Andy Stanley, pastor out in Atlanta, some of you know him, or his dad, Charles Stanley, among other things he said is this, we are the biggest threat to ourselves and others when we live in isolation. You think, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, well, it is a big deal. In fact, some studies say it is deadly to isolate ourselves. One study said it's an equal health risk to smoking. That was mind-boggling to me. I mean, it's just as dangerous to my health to live alone, to isolate myself as it is to smoke. Now we see people that isolate themselves, and we say, oh, that's just sad. Well, it's, no, no, it's not just sad. It's life-threatening. A Gallup poll said this, Americans are among the most lonely people on the planet. Um, something about our, you know, I can do it myself attitude. Uh, we got all this money and Facebook and all this stuff and we're lonely. So we're going to look at a couple things that claims to be one of the smartest men that ever lived, wisest men that ever lived, King Solomon. And uh, one thing he said was this, a big insight here. 
As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Now, um, when I was a kid, worked with my dad doing carpentry work, and when our hand saw or our power saw got dull, my dad would get a metal file and sharpen the blade. We got a lady in the first service, her dad did that as a job uh, 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 to make money, a uh, blade sharpener. Nowadays, I just go buy a new one, but anyway. Wood would not sharpen my, my dad's blades, would it? Saw blades. Wood wouldn't sharpen it. You have to have metal to sharpen metal, something that is hard. So what's the opposite of sharp? Dull. Exactly. Uh, I, I went to look this up. I think it was uh, Abraham Lincoln said this. If I have a tree to cut down, I'll spend three hours sharpening my axe and one hour chopping the tree down. You can cut yourself much more quickly with a dull knife than you can with a sharp knife, can't you? So we don't want to be dull people. We want to thrive. That's what I can think of as thrive. Now, I know we're all busy, right? We all got more stuff to do than we got time to do. But we find time to do what we want to do. Um, I spent, I don't know, an hour or two watching college football games yesterday. So I had time to do that. If we're disconnected, if we're isolated, if we're kind of going through life by ourselves, we're just less effective. We're less, less effective at our jobs, we're less effective as spouses, we're less effective as parents, and we're certainly less effective as Jesus followers. So God's intention is for friends to help us get through life. Again, life is tough. We're going to have problems. We're going to have difficulties. So we're going to find community this way. Real community is hanging out with a spiritual purpose. Now, you can go play cards with your buddies, but that's not the same thing. Real community is hanging out with spiritual purpose, going, doing life together, talking about life together. As our lungs need oxygen, you and I need community for our souls to thrive and survive and to prosper. <clears throat> now, I try and take care of myself. Hopefully that's obvious. <laughs> I run and I have a pretty strict diet. But I had something unusual happen to me yesterday when I was running. I was running on the Appalachian Trail and this guy stops me. That's not that unusual. Asking for directions or advice. And he was a middle-aged man. Uh, I had a backpack and a jug of water. And he asked me how far it was to the next um, <clears throat> shelter. And so he was about four miles from there, uh, the one up here on, uh, um, off of Wilsonville Road. And so I told him, yeah, it'd take you this, about this amount of time to get there. And so we had this short conversation. And then as I was leaving, he said, you're in good shape. And I said, thank you, I try. So I try and take my care of myself physically. I try and take care of myself mentally. Certainly I try and take care of myself spiritually. Hopefully you all do too, correct? Well, what is one of the biggest factors in being spiritually healthy is doing life together. So what are some benefits? We're going to talk about three benefits. Because <clears throat> God designs us for community. I mean, he made us. He knows how we're wired. And so he's going to tell us, best way for us to function. Makes sense, right? I thought this statistic was amazing. Concert attendance is down. 
coffee house attendance is up. So what's the difference between a concert and a coffee house? Well, money is part of it, yeah. <laughs> but in a concert, you're disconnected, right? I mean, there's lots of people there, but you might not know any of them. But coffee houses are intimate, aren't they? This is where we sit and talk. This is where we have community. In fact, you can go by yourself and listen to the person next to you talk. If you're lonely enough, right? So what are some benefits? We're going to talk about three. First one is this. In community, you receive practical help. Uh, I've been in lots of different groups, sometimes more than one. One I've been in for a long time is on Thursday mornings here at church. And so <clears throat> one of my favorite times of the week, Thursday morning, meeting with my group. <clears throat> anyway, this past week, somebody said, I got a big favor to ask. I said, oh, what is it? When they say big, you're a little <laughs> nervous, right? Uh, I need a ride at the airport on Monday. I said, as long as I don't have something already booked for that time, sure, absolutely. So I took him to the airport, and uh, when he's getting out of the car, he says, I owe you. And I said, no, you don't. You don't owe me. We're community. We're connected. So practical help, ride to the airport, whatever it might be. Uh, Solomon said this, uses a lot of illustrations here to kind of bring this point home for us. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. Now, I'll give you a practical example. Uh, some of us are, are hanging drywall, five-eighths drywall, for a church in Hagerstown, West End Chapel. <clears throat> it's almost impossible to hang five-eighths inch drywall by yourself. <laughs> it's really heavy. <laughs> I've done it, but it's really hard. It would be really slow. So every time we've done this, all except for one, there's been at least there's been three of us. Most of the time it's three of us. One time two of us did it. With two of us, you can do it pretty easily. Simple illustration. Two people are better than one. You can help each other succeed. And you will need help in life, right? There will be tragedies. You'll have death. You'll have sickness. You'll need drives to the airport. You will need uh, financial help. You will need community. So he goes on, other illustrations, he said, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. If you're next to somebody that falls, what's your natural reaction? I've even done this in a race. Uh, somebody near, next to me has fallen, and all the runners around him stop. <laughs> we want to help the person back up. But if you fall alone, hopefully you can get up yourself, because there's nobody there to help you. Any other illustration? Uh, hopefully this applies to uh, <laughs> uh, married people. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Well, I should have got an electric blanket or something. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. It's, snuggling's fun, right? And you share your warmth. Uh, then he gives another illustration. It's just kind of a battle illustration. He was a king. He said, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. The problem is you can't three, see 360 degrees, can you? So your most vulnerable place is behind you, especially in battle. They say two can stand back to back and conquer. We have an expression, I got your back, right? So if somebody's behind me, nobody can sneak up on me. I have much more po a possibility of safety and success if I've, I've got somebody with me. And then three are even better. Notice three people hanging drywall. Well, three people even better. For a triple braided cord, it's not easily broken. Most uh, rope is 
multiple tri um, chords combined together. And it's really, really strong. <clears throat> now, a Harvard study studying men discovered that men live longer and are healthier when they're married. Now, I understand this. I'm married. been married for 42 years. What do us guys normally do? Got an ache or pain, what do we do? Most of us. Ah, it'll go away. It'll be fine. It might be life-threatening, but we don't care. We're busy doing whatever we were doing. And we're, we're dumb, and we might die, but, you know, that's just what guys do. And I eat pretty healthily, but one reason I eat pretty healthily is because my wife makes my food for me. And so often we have huge salads where she cuts up all these vegetables, raw vegetables. I love eating salad, but if I live by myself, do you think I would cut up all those vegetables every day? No way. So it makes sense to me, this study. I've experienced that. I'm going to live longer and be healthier in community or with, in this case, my wife. You and I need that. My question is, do you have that? Not everybody's married. In fact, half Americans aren't married. I understand that. So you need community. You don't want to live your life without community, without the practical help from community. Another advantage is this. <clears throat> Living in community, you receive wisdom. Now, by wisdom, I don't mean IQ. I'm sure we've all met dumb, smart people, right? IQ up here, don't have a clue how to live life. Now, life's a mess. <laughs> uh, I'll just give you an illustration, but I won't. <laughs> anyway, uh, IQ and, and wisdom are completely different. My dad only went to the fifth grade in school. Uh, I don't know what his IQ was. I have no way of knowing that. But he was probably the wisest person I ever knew. He could do anything, fix anything. Uh, I, I don't know how he knew it. I can't do that, but he could. So a wise person knows how things work. They know how mechanical things work. They know how relationships work. They know how life works. So you want to be around those type of people. Uh, those you parents. When your first child is born, it's kind of like, what do I do now? <laughs> I got this baby. You know, at first you don't even know what, how to hold it. So, especially you ladies, what do you do? You call your mom because you survived with your mom taking care of you, so she must know something, and so you call her to get wisdom about raising kids. So we need wisdom about other things, obviously. So where's the best source? Other people that are wise. We kind of become like the people we hang out with, right? And that's what Solomon's going to say here. Walk with the wise and become wise. You know, I like to hang out with people smarter than me. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You know, I'm not. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, uh, I want to get wisdom from other people. But associate with fools and get in trouble. We've all done that too, right? And we think back, we think, why did I do that stupid thing? Well, because the person I was with <laughs> wanted to do that stupid thing. So wisdom is somebody that'll give us the pros and cons. They'll be honest with us. We don't want to go or live life without that type of connection. I'm going to spend the most time on this third point, and that's a benefit of living in community is we receive continual encouragement. 
Uh, that's one of the major things you and I need from life. Now, we're going to give you one of my favorite <laughs> videos. Some of you have seen this. is about how not to do community group. Are you tired of small groups always getting into your business? Trying to get you to share your feelings, discuss your past, confess your sins? Are you just looking for a place to kick it? Network. Maybe get some free grub. Me too. That's why I created what I believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group. We're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions. You got problems? You deal with them. You're an adult. Life ain't easy. So stop the pity party. We all have our issues. We don't really want to do life together. Frankly, at shallow small group, we try not to do much of anything at all. You'll never hear us use the term unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. And you'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. Hey dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth? Who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. It wasn't pleasant. There's no pressure here to remember each other's name. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey man, how's it going? Yeah, it's good. Hey, good. Oh, dude. Captain, what's going on? We know you have a name, and that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? That's uh, not really the vibe we're going for. We avoid conflict like the plague. Who wants cake? <laughs> Come on and get it! And there will never, ever be an awkward silence. That's our guarantee to you. We hate bad theology as much as the next guy, and we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. And outreach? This is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. Some people say we're superficial, but hey, the word supers and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? Shallow small group, because when things get too deep, people drown. Won't you join us? Okay, so that's not a place to go to get encouraged, I don't think, <laughs> anyway. So we, what, is, what, what does encourage mean? Well, it means to give support, give confidence or hope. This is the part I really like, to put courage into. Isn't it amazing that you and I in a relationship can actually put courage into other people? Oh, something fell. <laughs> okay, we're okay. Um, we can put courage in other people, and we all need courage at times. We need somebody to tell us, yeah, you can do this. You can get through this. Uh, it's not going to, uh, it'll be difficult, but you'll, you'll, you, can, you can succeed. Um, why do we need it? Again, life is tough. There are going to be those breakups. There are going to be those health issues. There are going to be those financial issues. It's just, just reality. And you might say, oh, I'm good. My life is good. I don't have any of these things going on right now. That's fantastic. I'm happy for you, but wait another week, another month, couple months. These things will happen, do happen. They happen to all of us. They did a study of homeless people. They say, why are people homeless? And, and the guy that was hired to do this said, I, I can tell you that, drugs and alcohol. But he was amazed when he actually dug in and did the study. <clears throat> he said, the common factor of homeless people is they didn't have friends. Because they didn't have friends, they got into drugs and alcohol and eventually wound up homeless. Common factor. They didn't have friends. 
Now, I'm always in small groups, lead small groups, etc. It's not because the management team of the church says, Pastor, you have to be in a small group. They never told me that. This is because I understand the importance of living in community. Uh, some of you probably read a book called Boundaries by Henry Cloud. How many people read that book? Great book. Yeah, good. All right, he's written other books. Real smart Christian psychologist. Or psychologist. Anyway, this is another book he wrote called The Power of the Other. Now, here's the subtitle. The Startling Effect Other People Have on You. From the boardroom at work to the bedroom, uh, your marriage, and beyond, and what to do about it. Now, I'll just give you one quote from the book, then we'll move on. The undeniable reality is that how well you do in life depends not on what you do or how you do it, your skills and competencies, but also who is doing it with you or to you. That's important. He goes on. Who is helping you or who is fighting you? Who is strengthening or resisting you? These people are literally making or breaking you. These are the people that determine if you succeed or fail at life. One other passage of scripture and then we'll finish. <clears throat> the writer of Hebrews said it this way, let us think of ways to motivate or to encourage one another to acts of love and good works. You know, sometimes I'm just lazy. I don't want to do good works. <laughs> I don't, you know, loving people is work too. So I need, um, thankfully I have a wife who <laughs> motivates me in this area, um, uh, encourages me to acts of love and good works. And if you're a Jesus follower, that's what we and I are supposed to be doing, right? Now if you're not a Jesus follower, we're delighted that you're here and these principles I think will be helpful to you also. So <clears throat> he goes on and says this, do not neglect the meeting together. Now, I can't encourage you, I can't help motivate you if I'm not with you. Or vice versa, if you're not here or not in, in, in your group. It's a simple principle, right? And one of the things we say every, every Sunday is, following Jesus, changing, what's the next word? Together. That means community, right? And I love Sunday mornings. I get to get up here and talk and you all stare at me. I Hopefully you're listening. Uh, that's a lot of fun for me. I get to do it twice. Today I'll do it four times. But anyway, I love Sunday morning. But this doesn't happen on Sunday morning. And we'll talk about that more next week. So, encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We're supposed to live like Jesus is coming back today. All right? And so we need encouragement in that. And we need it together because life is difficult. So I'm going to leave you with two challenges. Here's the first one, obvious. <laughs> Join a community group. And I know there's all kinds of pushback. Uh, you know, I'm too busy. Uh, you know, I got, you know, three little kids. I, uh, um, you know, it's hard for me to get around, whatever, whatever the excuse is. But you do get around. And you do take your kids other places. And there is answers to all those things. And we do find time for what we want to do. I watch... I fast forward through it, but I watched a couple football games yesterday. I found time to do that because I, I enjoy college football. So we found time for what we need to find time for. Now, another pushback is this. I was in a group once, and it was, it was bad. It just was a bad experience. 
Let me ask you, have you ever got a bad haircut? Stop getting haircuts? You ever get a bad meal at a restaurant? Stop going to restaurants? No, you found a different barber, you find a different restaurant. So if you're having a bad group, say, okay, I've learned from that one, I'm going to find a good group. Another pushback is this. You know, I've been in a group and there's this person that's wah, wah, wah all the time. So that leads me to the second point, which is this. Not be that person, but be that person we just talked about. The person that is wise. Be the person that is uh, encouraging. My wife and I have been so blessed in our lives. And I think one of the big reasons is, is because we've been in community. We've poured our lives in other people. And there's a principle, farmer principle as well as spiritual principle. You reap what you sow. You guys just reaped a bunch of corn. That's the only reason you reaped corn is because you planted corn, right? <laughs> All right, simple principle. So you want to be encouraged, you encourage other people. You want to receive wisdom from other people, pour wisdom in to them. If you want help from other people, you help them. Now, interesting thing I came across this week, never thought about it before. We believe in one God, but we believe he has three aspects, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so when God invites us into his family, uh, uh, accept his forgiveness, and join his family, it's basically an invitation to his small group. You'd be number four in our group of three. So I'm going to have a prayer. I'm going to pray for you to make that decision. Pastor Clint's going to come up and talk to you about how you can sign up to a group, and then we'll have a song and let you go. Okay? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, it's amazing that you would invite us into a relationship with you. Um, but life's about connecting with you and connecting with other people. And we have all kinds of excuses, and we're busy, and, and you, know, uh, my, you know, my family or whatever is, is good enough. But no, you say it's not. <laughs> and we know you're wiser than us. And of course, most importantly, we need to connect with you first. So we would pray for anyone here this morning that at this point in their life is not a Jesus follower, for whatever reason. Today can be the day. Just step across that line, accept that gift. Be in community with God, and then also be in community with others. So we pray you make that decision today. For most of us, we're Jesus followers. Maybe we've been in groups, maybe we haven't been in groups, maybe we're, whatever. Maybe we had a bad experience. God, I just pray that all of us would just be simply open to what your spirit is leading us to do this morning. We say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Want me to join a group? Not join a group. Um, if we would just do that, The groups would, you'd be, most of us, not all of us, would sign up for a group. So, I God, that is my prayer in these next couple of minutes that we won't push back. That's our natural reaction, just push back, make excuses, that we would just be open to what you have to say to us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.